Austin Novosad has affirmed his commitment to Baylor and will be the quarterback of the future, the best Baylor quarterback commit of all time. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Happy Thursday, everybody. Drake Toll alongside John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated. Wanted to thank LinkedIn Jobs, being the official college football sponsor across Lockdown College. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions apply. John, this may be the most fun week. The last 48 hours have been awesome. What? Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, see what happened right there on purpose. And I know that Austin Novosad's a guy you followed very closely for the past six months, year. And were you shocked that he said no to Ohio State, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and came to Baylor? If I was looking at this, Drake, from 30,000 feet, didn't talk to the kid just optically, of course, right? But having been around Austin, and you know him as well, he's a different kid. He, he marches to the beat of his own drum. The loyalty Baylor showed him early on was something that really resonated with him. He always maintained that relationships were going to be a, a crucial part of this process. So you knew Notre Dame was kind of too late in the yeah. conversation. I do think Ohio State was, was right there on target, made him really think about it, obviously took two visits and camped for the offer. So he really cared about that one. And then all the ties to AM are what they are. Uh, so I, I thought there was a chance, but again, being around him, especially at the elite 11, where it's a pressure cooker, everybody's yeah. evaluating every freaking drop back throw, anything you do. And man, his demeanor never changed. Uh, when you talked about recruiting, when he talked about his game, it was all kind of the same. And we were coming home one night, uh, from, from the event and we have dinner with my colleagues. And I was like, if there's a kid that's going to stick with Baylor, it's going to be this kid. And everybody agreed. There was no flinch. There was no well, but it was just kind of a unanimous thing after being around him. And so to see it go through in that light, I thought uh, was was really impressive because I think it says a lot uh, about the kid, um, Austin Novosad. He is everything you want on the field, but off the field, having recruited for Baylor, having gone through, let's be honest, a pretty big temptation or two or three or four. Yeah. And to say no to that, I think, is, is as good a scenario as possible for the Bears. Because I think if he was just this great quarterback who never considered anybody else and was just done, it would have still been great. But you wouldn't have kind of the ups and downs that you, that you had. So when it comes out Baylor on top, the high is as high as it could possibly get. Those commitments feel great about it. And he was still recruiting for Baylor the whole time. There, even in the end, uh, they got the last visit. So he certainly gave... Dave Aranda, the biggest opportunity to keep him. And obviously it worked out. So I, I thought uh, it was fair. It was normal. It was right on schedule too. Cause you know, he wanted to get this done as soon as possible, right? The, yeah. the season is starting for dripping Springs high school and every other high school in the country, you know, he wanted to out of respect for all those guys and coaches, et cetera, get this behind him. So, um, you know, I'm sure he told you every detail about it, but the relief, that that came out of this final decision you could just kind of feel when you talk to Austin uh, so I'm happy for him and obviously happy for Baylor fans this is something that is another we talked about it every pod it seems like another 
plant the flag moment where you you do it on the field. You got the new coach, the new culture established already. The banners are hanging. But now in recruiting, this is a plant flagging moment like, hey, we can literally contend with some of the best recruiting programs in America, including the team that won it all last year in recruiting, including a team that wins the Big Ten recruiting title every year, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought it was about as good as possible from a timeline perspective for both Austin and BU as a whole. So, yeah, it, it should be a great a great week, a great time for the entire fan base. Absolutely. The interview we had Austin on for an exclusive earlier this week, for those listening, if you haven't seen it, really go go look at it. Because yeah, to get a glimpse into his personality, is it, it's impeccable. And that entire interview, I, I don't usually get starstruck. I don't think that's the right word. But there was just this awe of, of his mind and the way that he sees things for a 17, 18-year-old kid is, and you've talked to him too plenty of times, is that normal? No, no, of course not. Uh, this is something that you hope for. And and look, quarterbacks are a little bit more likely to be this way compared to other positions, right? It, recruiting starts earlier. It's just more uh, critical at every step of, of the, the journey, uh, but it's still rare. Uh, there's just not a lot of guys that handle it so consistently from a business perspective. And I thought Austin did such a great job of that because it's not easy it's not easy a lot of these kids go into you know lebron would do like zero dark 30 mode on his twitter account and he just wouldn't tweet or anything like that during the season a lot of these kids go through that because they're dealing with college coaches over here berating them the media is over here berating them the fans are all over social if they got his number they're every day so it's it's understandable to kind of get in your shell and just say I'm not doing this with you guys right now, but again, every single step of the way, Austin handled it with with just grace, class, consistency, and and thought. Because it could have it could have became coach speak as well, right? It could have became well, I'm just keeping my options open. We'll see, kind of thing. But no, he went in depth with everybody who wanted him to, and he was very honest throughout the entirety of the process. So that part of it, when the pressure is on, it is extremely rare for any position, even the elite quarterbacks of of the world. John, I want to get into not just Novasad's personality, but also how how he will perform on the field, especially from Dripping Springs High School. You don't think you, you, you hear, you know, South Lake Carroll, you think, all right, football. You're a Westlake football. Dripping Springs, you think, oh, where it, where's the adjustment? So I want to get into that. But first, I, I want to ask you about Sean Bell, Dave Aranda, the staff at Baylor and in this recruiting process, they've effectively locked up a top 25 spot in recruiting right. for this class. And that's something Baylor hasn't done in seven years. And historically, they just don't do. For Dave Aranda to have done that in now his truly his second full recruiting class, especially with COVID, how impressive is that for a coach to come out, even at a school like Baylor that's seen so many ups and downs? Oh, it's crucial. I mean, this is a top 20 class right now uh, at Sports Illustrated, and it's hard to envision it dropping too much. Now, I think other schools volume-wise could could eventually start to close the gap a little bit, but in terms of the the banner headlining recruit, just, just yeah. winning that Novosad battle is plenty, but you talk Zay Robinson, you talk about some of these other commitments that are on board and now theoretically strengthened because Austin has doubled down on, on the Bears. I think it, it says a ton. There's stability now. The expectation at Baylor is totally different than 
three, four, five years ago, um, and even more so if you go further back on the clock there. Uh, and it's top down. I think that's what's impressive because you've flipped the entire identity of the program from an on-field perspective, from a culture perspective, and from a recruiting perspective. That's very hard to do. I think we see a lot of coaching changes, obviously, throughout the sport. And a lot of the, I guess, expectation for the new guy is always to maintain, right? Uh, Brent Venables in Oklahoma is going to be expected to maintain an offensive identity, although he's a defensive guy, right? Yeah. So you bring in Jeff Levy and, and you see if you could do that. Uh, just all these transitions throughout the sport, Texas going you know, to Sarkeesian from, from Herman. I mean, same kind of deal there. USC going to Lincoln Riley. Again, it's all about kind of emphasizing what you've already done well and maintaining it. Baylor did the opposite. Total culture flip, mm. known as an offensive school, explosive school. Well, let's flip that and be known for great defense and maybe balanced, efficient offense along the way. Let's flip the recruiting footprint. Dominate Texas and go east instead of west. There's there's so many changes uh, that we've seen at Baylor. So to see all of them kind of just line up and get knocked down in, in two and a half, three years is really nothing short of remarkable, especially when you consider the Big 12, right? If Baylor would have started to go down in the tank 12 months ago, a lot of people wouldn't have been surprised, uh, mm. sadly, right? You know, Texas and Oklahoma are gone. The, the state of Texas from a recruiting standpoint is wide open. Everybody feels like they can make an impact in Texas. Yet here's Baylor, kind of the, not kind of, now the expected, not juggernaut, but the expected lead dog, if you will, yeah. in the Big 12 from almost every perspective, you know, once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. And that, again, to do that in such a short amount of time, you're talking, you know, 36 months or so, is, is really nothing short of remarkable while flipping your identity, while contending for, you know, quarterbacks that are coveted by the best schools in the country. I mean, it's just, it really is nothing short of remarkable. So Bears fans should enjoy this while you have it. You know, the college football world changes so quickly that you should just relish this turnaround with how quick it's it's been able to be accomplished. Dave Aranda, absolutely that guy. He is he's become that at Baylor. And there was a, a point in time, John, that I I caught myself thinking, all right, this there's not this guy's being put on such a pedestal already. How can he sustain and prove along the way? And I just don't. Josh Pate said on this show, there's something about his brain, man, that is just not normal amongst college football coaches or people in general that just works differently in a in a consistent, almost beyond consistent way. Tough to explain, but the guy is a rock. So with with this big pickup, again, coming from Dripping Springs, not the biggest mecca of high school football, and obviously there's an adjustment there. But before we talk about that, I got to tell the folks about Bet Online. Look, BetOnline.net is your place for all things sports betting and wagering. Right now, I um, am currently saving up some pennies into a little saving box uh, so that I can go on a bet online and make my pick for Big 12 champions this next season, your Baylor Bears, and also start to make my picks the first week of college football. There are a lot of really good matchups, by the way. TCU goes to Colorado. I'm already looking at that. I'm already looking at games that betonline.net has right now with the lines already posted, the odds already posted. If I can get a good jump on week one, that money box gets bigger, and we go into the next week, the next week, the next week, all at betonline.net. If, you, if you're not a sports wagering person, completely understand. They also have podcasts. 
live scores, a whole lot of stuff. Their interface is just great to look at at betonline.net. If you go there right now, it is betonline.net. It is where the game starts. Go check it out. I promise you, you won't regret it. John, there are football players at IMG Academy that play football, (laughs) and they are five-star guys that get to college and think, I've seen most of these guys before or this caliber, and obviously there's an adjustment, but man, they've seen some freaking good athletes. Not that Dripping Springs hasn't, but have you seen guys coming from smaller or more middle-of-the-pack high schools struggle to adjust right away with this jump into the Power Five? At certain positions, yes. Um, there's really no no doubt about it. Particularly the closer you are to the line of scrimmage, I think that will is where you'll see the biggest discrepancy in one phase to the next. But when you start to go backwards or outside of, of the trenches, I, I think you see a little bit of a quicker adjustment. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, defensive backs. I think there's a little bit more correlation between mm-hmm. just – being really darn good on Friday nights and and having the opportunity to do that on Saturdays. Uh, So I don't really look at the Dripping Springs thing as a negative with Novosad because he does really well with it. I think when the competition is lower and there isn't a very clear jump in uh, production or consistency, then maybe you red flag it just a little bit. But when there is that classic quarterback jump every year to year, you're getting a little bit better. And his junior season was one of the best in America. Uh, you should start to you know wane with any worry about the competition level because you want to see dominance. So compared to like an Arch Manning who plays private school ball in New Orleans, you haven't seen that same steady rise. It's been really – I mean, he started off really strong, so he gets credit for that. But it's been more of a – maintenance situation uh, for Manning as opposed to a true physical progression. Although I do think as a senior, they're changing the offense a little bit. He'll be a little bit more productive. But my point is with lesser competition, you want to see the jumps. You want to see him physically taking advantage of potential weaker competition. And that's what we've seen with Novosad. And and he's also lifted those guys up. They've, They've won a ton more games with him than prior He's throwing guys open. He doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him, but you can see where he is making them better. And we talk about efficient quarterbacks as point guards on the football field, and that's really what it's supposed to be, right? You are the ball distributor. You are supposed to create situations with your feet, with your arms, with your eyes, in between the ears, pre-snap, et cetera, better situations for, for the guys around you, regardless of their talent level. And that's something we see with Novasad, whether it's buying guys more time as a scrambler, whether it's throwing guys open or giving, uh, you know, true accuracy into some plays that are contested, right? He's willing to take a little bit of chances, which is what I like about, about his game at this stage, because again, you start to translate that to the big 12 and the type of weapons he's going to have at Baylor and those margins will no longer exist. Uh, so I, I do think that it's something that if he's already shown the ability to make these guys better. Imagine when the competition level is all at the top. If anything, I look at it kind of talking through it, Drake, as a strength because you're lifting up lesser players, no disrespect, and in high school, you're not going to have to lift those guys up from a talent perspective once you get to college. So if anything, it's going to increase the margin for error to a degree uh, with what Novosad is, is used to and has become accustomed to. So I think it's a great situation all around for Baylor, for Austin, certainly for those who are going to be around him in Waco uh, once he gets there for good, I believe, in January. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's actually a good thing when you kind of 
deconstructed a little bit. Well, we've hit the personality. We've hit the, the talent on the field. I always toss you a loaded question on this show, and I haven't done one yet. So here's the biggest that <laughs> the biggest yet. When when you look at his recruiting in the last six months, Novasad in January was not on very many people's maps. He had the offer from Baylor. It was like a Louisiana Tech, maybe a fringe power five somewhere out there. Then Stanford comes along, and we talked about it on this show. And then AM, Ohio State, Notre Dame all throw their name in that hat. Why? How did that happen? And what does that say about his talent on the field? I think for Austin, it was it was the combination of that 2021 tape getting around. Like, who's this kid that committed to Baylor? Oh, mm-hmm. okay, he can play. And then he followed it up with an unbelievable spring, both with dripping springs when coaches could hit the road. They went to verify some of the stuff they saw on tape, and those boxes were checked pretty quickly. And then during the non-dripping springs off-season stuff, the Elite 11s of the world, 7-on-7s, all of that, money. He's right there every single time. Uh, no, nobody threw more accurately than he did during the off-season circuit among seniors. And everybody regards this class, including yours truly, as kind of the year of the quarterback. So if you're the most accurate in this most intense off-season setting, that says something. But then you also get this competitiveness. You know, we went to the Elite 11 Dallas knowing of of Jackson Arnold, knowing of some of these other guys, and and just hearing about Novosad. Big difference, knowing and hearing. But then after that day, we're like, okay, th- this guy, this is a guy. And so then you just track him a little bit more closely, and then these offers come in, and you're just not surprised. So I think that happens from our perspective, just like it does from the coach's perspective. Um, and, and that's why once those quarterback dominoes started to fall, the Arch Mannings, the Nico Iamaliavas, the Jaden Rashadas of the world, Novosad was like, next man up and those all those other guys had those offers and and had that interest a year ago right so the quarterback board develops and you you have to build contingency plans and for a lot of schools that are kind of known for quarterback development particularly Notre Dame with Tommy Reese and certainly Ohio State under Ryan Day he was the the second option and he became that he earned that status, uh, I would say, really, you know, since the fall of, of 2021, it was about sometimes it's hard. Again, you go back to the Dripping Springs thing. It's hard to identify that sometimes, again, especially in the year of the quarterback. There's so many other guys that were were almost, you know, household names in the recruiting space since their freshman or sophomore seasons. You know, Dante Moore, four-year starter. Arch Manning, four-year starter. Malachi Nelson, four-year starter. So it's hard to get to that next grouping without some kind of wow trait. You're not, he's not 6'6", like Nico Yamaliava throwing rockets, right? Jane Rashad is 6'5". He didn't have these crazy physical attributes that would make you start to compensate for the lack of experience. So he just had to do it the old-fashioned way. It sounds a little bit cliche, but, man, that fits Baylor to a T. He did it the old-fashioned way. He put in the work, and he you know, he was probably a little surprised at, at some of the emerging offers that he picked up, which is why he did some due diligence, as you would want any young man to do. Um, but But even then... You know, it still came up, you know, green and gold. And I think that's, that, again, that's about as good a scenario and timeline as you could have hoped for. Because you didn't want this to go into the season. Yeah. You didn't want to have to reshuffle the quarterback board in August or September. Because that's hard. A lot of quarterbacks are, are completely done at this point. So you wanted to be done here. And, and I think he understood that and gave that courtesy not only to his high school, but to all the college coaches. Even the Ohio State's, Notre Dame's, A&M's of the world. Now they can move on to their next target. So you talk about awareness and and that's again about as professional and as out as well handled as anybody could have expected. So I'm I'm higher on the kid without seeing him throw in between 
the Elite 11 and this decision because of how he handles the process. And all those data points should be considered by just about everybody. So breaking news, when we drop our SI-99 next week, he's going to be in there. I love it. John, uh, I asked Jason Jordan. The, the last thing I want to get into, we are so close to college football. Man, it's right there. It is just, ah, there's that feeling you get in your stomach when you think, wow, we're all, we've almost made it. So we've been doing these, these shows this week to preview games in the regular season uh, inside the Bears, Sports Illustrated inside the Bears doing that right now as well. And I asked Jason Jordan, basketball guy, by the way, it doesn't even fit here, about realignment in college basketball. You know what he told me? He said he's a basketball, college basketball traditionalist and that realignment for him is ruining this tradition. Are you a college football traditionalist? I think I am in terms of trying to simplify this stuff. Um, you know, I always relegated the conferences geographically. <laughs> that always helped me, right? We can't do that anymore. So in that regard, I would say, yeah, I am a bit of a traditionalist. But all the factors that have led to this realignment, I'm kind of for. Um, obviously, when it comes to any type of compensation, I'm going to be for that for the players, the, the empowerment that the players and the schools have kind of been tethered to each other for. I'm, I'm definitely for that. Yeah. Um, the only part where, where I get some pushback internally for me is, is the TV stuff, because that's really what it comes down to. And I think in that regard, it's getting closer to professional sports as opposed to amateur but there's got to be some happy medium there and i think um just like with nil we've already seen changes just over a year into its existence i think the realignment has to settle at some point it can't become something that is ever changing it has to settle i don't know if that's a different governing body i don't know the parameters of that that's that's a some, you know conversation for somebody who makes a couple more dollars than me but it's got to settle at some point and at that point I think we can we can have a little bit of ease in this process, but I do think it has to slow down. You know, that's the thing. USC and UCLA in the Big Ten is going to take a decade oh. to get used to, if not more, for me. So I, I think stuff like that flips it on its head and, and it becomes a little bit too much. Uh, so I do think that there has to be a, a, a stopping point or at least a settling point here soon, whether it's somebody coming out and saying, hey, yes, it's going to be super conferences and these are the four. And you just got to join one or, or or else, you know, if it comes to that, fine. But it needs something like that. A declaration, if you will, yeah. needs to come in the next 12 to 24 months because it does seem like it's never ending at this point. And that's where it gets a little sad. And you think that some of the passion behind what makes college sports so great could begin to suffer uh, uh, thereafter. So I'm all for traditionalism from a pageantry and a classic rivalry standpoint, throw in geography as well. But I'm also for some of the more progressive ideas in the meantime. But it's to a point for me. So I'm I'm almost at that point right now. So I'm, I'm curious to see, like everyone else, where this thing's really going to go. Jason, also, dude, that guy's good. That guy yes. had that guy had some like <laughs> revelation. I mean, like brought me to the last 24 hours. My mind's been spinning because of that guy. He also said, I loved it. He was like, you know, everybody's talking about these these conferences and realignment, USC to the Big Ten. He said, most of the recruits in basketball that he's talked to just don't really care that much. If if it's not look, that if the school makes an extra $2 million, what am I going to see? Some more Gatorade bars in the cafeteria? I mean, how much is that getting down to me? So right. a lot of these recruits are not saying, oh, I want to play for USC because they're in the Big Ten, or I want to play for Oregon because they're in the Pac-12. 
on the football side, do you see these recruits truly caring what conference these schools are in as long as they have they have a power brand? Not in regards to money, realignment, and super conferences, no. I agree with Jason 100% there. But I think where football is a little bit different is the competition level. You know, when a kid gets that SEC offer, it's the first thing he says. Hey, I can play SEC football, especially on defense, and this means a little something different. So I think in certain standards, it does go to, to that kind of conference feel. Um, you know, if it's a receiver or a quarterback – you know, traditionally they talk Big 12, Pac-12 in, in a higher regard, although all that is, is certainly changing as well. So I think from a just from a playing competition and football standpoint, I, I do think there's still a lot of credence in the conferences mattering, uh, certainly in, in some of the developmental aspects as well. But, yeah, in terms of dollars, no. N none of the kids – I was in L.A. When, when that whole news broke about USC and UCLA. I talked to UCLA, USC targets, former players, current players, and there wasn't a sense of, oh, well, cool, I get to play Michigan now. Like none of that yeah. really came through uh, with it. So uh, but they they also understood it, though, and, and I think that's, that's an important part of this process, too. And, again, you talk about the player empowerment. These kids are, are seeing just as much as we are, if not more, right, coming to their inbox. So I think there's a little bit more awareness in all of the potential fluidity as well. And in the last year or two, uh, really from that Texas-Oklahoma point to now, through NIL, through the portal, COVID recruiting, all that, I think all these kids are just better prepared for change. They're better prepared for adjusting to whatever college football is going to look like tomorrow versus what they thought yesterday. So I think that's part of it as well. There's a – they're desensitized maybe a little bit to to all the changes in college football, uh, which is why, again, it's it's more important for these schools to sell them, themselves. Don't don't throw the SEC, you know, letters up there. If you're, you know, South Carolina, talk about South Carolina. Uh, so I, I think that's that's probably a good lesson for everybody in this ever changing space. John, great stuff, as always. And those listening out there, I'm sure they've seen your stuff, but if they haven't, where can they go not just to find you, but also SI99, all the stuff you're doing preseason? Yeah, first class rankings are up right now at SI.com, SI99 coming next week. Uh, and it's, yeah, SI.com slash college. Or check us out on social media at SI All American or my name, John Garcia underscore JR. I love it. For those listening, thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. We'll be back on Monday, bringing you more coverage and breaking down game-by-game game Baylor's football schedule this fall, the toughest games, the easiest games, and how this thing will shake out. 7-5, 12-0, which is it going to be when we come back on Monday? Thanks again to John. I'm Drake Toll. That's John Garcia, Jr. with Sports Illustrated, and this is Locked On Baylor.